0: Welcome to Up The Villa, the Aston Villa podcast. It's the post gerard Villa debacle. And uh, yeah, it's a lame song, but it's pretty much summing up their thoughts. Joined by Spud and Rhino, this is Paul. This is Up The Villa, the Aussie Villains podcast. There will be a song after this that I think will resonate with most of you. It's by Nathan Dore. He's put together a compilation just to try and uh, keep our spirits up. Hey, we love the villa no matter what happens. This is Up the Villa, the Aussie Villains
1: podcast.
0: This is Up the Villa, the Aussie Villains podcast. I absolutely love this club. It means the world to me. Guys, welcome to Up The Villa, the Aussie Villains podcast through the Love Sport Podcast Network. We have Spud and Rhino with us today. How are we, boys?
1: Yeah, going well, mate. How are you?
0: Uh, I think we're all a bit uh, lost for words. Um, what we'll be focusing on this podcast mainly is the news that every Villa supporter is. We've got rid of Gerrard and nobody else wants to come to us. I think that pretty much sums up our uh, podcast today.
2: Um, I think it's nice to be coming into a positive, a positive podcast for a change. The last couple of weeks was kind of... Uh... <laughs> 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 It's been a
1: hectic few days as Villa fans, hasn't it? After the Fulham defeat, and then obviously the news straight after about Gerrard. So, yeah, a lot to discuss. Yeah,
2: that's well,
1: fair. guys, normally
0: we would do my line-by-line kind of um, first half, second half analysis. But after probably about 15 minutes, I decided to stop doing it because, A, I'd have to get a language filter on this podcast. And B, I just threw my phone... I think I threw my phone on the couch. Like, I just went... I didn't throw it. Like, I just threw it away from me. I'm like, there's no point. I'm just going to spit out bile. Um, We're horrendous at the moment. Let's let's just cover this for a second. Our gameplay is not evident. Our, Our supporters have lost all kind of idea of what the team's trying to do. And more importantly, the team has no identity and doesn't know what to do. So... Gerard's gone. Um,
2: Spud, right decision. Oh, 100 percent. It's the right decision. Probably two or three weeks too late for me, but it's better late than never. You know, just still, it's still early enough that the season can be salvaged. But uh, I, I, you know, I, I've been on this podcast. I thought, I thought he should have been gone a couple of weeks back. Um, I can understand maybe why they've held it because it's not so easy. It's, it's not just getting rid of Gerard, is it? They were getting rid of like a big chunk of your staff because one goes, they all had to go anyone he oh. brought in so you're talking big payouts various there's various things and of course Christian Porzo needs it to work more than anybody like he put his neck on the line so there is reasons there is reasons and of course it comes down to availability but I think just it was just unsustainable after Thursday night you know it just it had to happen there was no there was no way it couldn't happen um, our, our, our chairman Suarez was there he's London based he was at the game he could hear the crowd turn he was there um yeah, I just as I said, I thought it should have happened three weeks ago. I know there is reasons that, that it didn't, but it was just it was going to happen after this game. It couldn't it couldn't go on. It just it was No,
0: and, and I'll come to you, Rhino, but I, I, I seriously was watching the owner's face and uh one of the owners' faces and he really did look like someone had stolen his lollipop. It, it, it <laughs> seriously. I reckon if I was that rich, even if my team was bad, I don't think I would be that sour because you know Hey, we Pops are valuable. What about you, Rhino?
1: Yeah, um, the writing's been on the wall for a while now, hasn't it? Performances haven't been great. We've had a couple of flashes where the team have performed okay. But in general, this season's been really poor. Uh, I just want to say I was a big um, advocate when Jared came in. Uh, you know, I thought a young manager who's done really well up in Scotland. I was really pleased to get him. A big name. Um, yeah. I thought... I thought It would work for us. And, you know, I was right behind him. But this season has just been so poor on the field and even off the field as well. I just think, you know, we sacked Dean Smith and brought Gerard in. I feel like we've gone backwards on both fronts, on the field and off the field, with the squad harmony at the moment is just on the floor. So, yeah, definitely the right decision for me.
2: Um, I think one thing that gets lost as well, and I think it's very important that we do point this out, you know, Gerard won four of the first six games. So he, he any doubters he had, in fairness, no, he did turn us. Like, as I, as I said on the, the podcast before, I, I was a big Dean Smith in man. I, I thought he was very hard done by at the time. It probably was the right decision in the end to get rid of him. But um, Gerard I was a bit iffy about him coming in. But he, you know, he, he, mm-hmm. I thought, yeah, this could work. And then we just looked so good for that first six, seven games, you know. And um yeah, so it's just, it just went downhill very, very, very quickly, doesn't it? Yeah, I, I agree.
1: I, I was very excited. Those first, like, say, five, six games, we looked good. He was saying all the right things in the press. He was very impressive. But I'm just amazed at how quickly it's, it's fallen apart, to be honest. Okay, so let's, let's, let's do
0: that summary, okay? We want to be honest on this podcast. Every one of us, before we'd met, we were all really positive. And one of the things that we thought that Gerard, um would bring in, would his name would bring players to the club. And initially, that did seem to be the case with Getty Cotinho. Um, then, obviously, the results, and we look over the past year or so, it's been horrendous. And we just want to be honest about it to say, yes, it's the right decision for Gerard to go now, but we were in his camp. So we're just being upfront and honest. We were very excited when he came in. Yep. Yeah. Um, we've been putting polls up on the podcast every single week. It was a bit tongue in cheek to start with. You guys took the mick out of me when I was <laughs> saying about Gerard <laughs> going. And even as late as last week, I thought the club would look at stability and keep him for the season. So if you listen back, remember, we, we were talking about will he stay or go? And I thought he might actually stay because of the stability. Um, but can I just, before we move on can, and, and continue to talk about Gerard, can I talk about two other factors? Yep. Yeah. 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 One of those is the players have to be accountable for their absolutely poor performances um, and I don't I'm not going to say anyone's names, okay at the moment. They, they were missing passes where, where players were 20 meters clear and the passes were missing in our previous game, they were missing by more than the gap the player had ahead of his or away from his opposition. We couldn't sink normal passes. We couldn't link up play. I will t- give out two names. Continua and Bailey look like they've lost any pace they've possibly had whatsoever. Bailey couldn't go past people last week. So is it conditioning? Our set pieces were horrendous as well. Um, it, there is more factors than just Gerard. The players mm. themselves have to honestly say, no matter how we are managed and coached, we have been absolutely pathetic this season ourselves absolutely woeful. Mm. And the other thing that I also want to talk about just quickly, and we've got dogs barking everywhere. They were they're, they're, they're after Gerard's blood. But <laughs> to all those families that have been affected because what happens when a, a manager is sacked, you've just said it, his support staff is sacked, families have had to move. And so it's never an easy task. So we do feel for those families and the kids and everyone that have been affected in that regard as well.
2: Yeah, no, hundred percent, Paul. And I I I would like to answer on both points there because they're, they're they're very they're a very good point. Like um the first thing I'd like to say is I thought Bailey's looked really good at times, but he hasn't been consistent. And 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 I said in the group chat um at during the Fulham game first half, he genuinely looked it. Completely disinterested in that game, and I feel that he's absolutely lost complete faith in anything Gerard's trying to teach him. Now that could be a bad reflection on his personality too, because you're playing for the club, you're not playing for Gerard. But and then it started to filter through, and I just kind of started thinking at halftime: none of these players seem to be up for the fight today at all. Yeah. It's like they yep. gave everything in the Chelsea game, and it still wasn't good enough. And they just don't seem to believe in what they're what they're being put out to do, you know. And, and Bailey, I thought, was the prime example of that. Like, usually, when he gets subbed off, he looks disappointed to be coming off. He didn't look bothered whatsoever to be coming off the other day, and that's a bad look. It's a bad look for him, don't get me wrong. I'm not defending him, but I and and he the club should always come first, but he does. He just looked completely disinterested to me. And, um, with regards to jobs and stuff, Paul, of course, that's 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 a huge thing as well. Um, but I suppose that's that's the part of the football, they're 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 heavily paid for that part of that sacrifice, you know, and and, and his family stay in, in Liverpool, he travels up. It's not a huge I think that was a part of the factor why he came from Scotland to Birmingham, um, that he said he could commute home a bit easier. Um look, he'll be fine. The money will be paid out. He'll get another job eventually. It's gonna hurt it's gonna hurt his ego, but he will probably learn from it. You know, it's 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 um it's disappointing for all of them, but they'll all they'll all end up and work again. You know uh, he'll become a bit of um, pundit for um sports. Yeah. At the um, end of the day, he'd probably go back to BT Sports for a while and see what offers come up. But at the end of the day, if I don't perform in my job, I would have been gone long before this guy. You know, it doesn't matter if I'd move my family from over east if I'm not doing what I was tasked to do. They they you can't take that into account fully, you know. So so how I asked both of you, Spartan Rhino, how
0: how did he get the job and how did it
1: go so wrong? I think, obviously, he got the job off the back of doing well at Rangers. You know, the, the team he had there, um, there was no big names there. He, he sort of got them to play um, together as a unit and, you know, probably above their station a little bit, had some good results, obviously won the league at Rangers. So there, that's, you know, you, that's no mean feat, you know, especially when Celtic have been so dominant. So I'm not surprised that there was interest in him from south of the border. Um, the Perslow link is obviously massive. Those guys have been at Liverpool for a long time together. So, like I said, I was I was happy to see Gerrard be appointed. I thought he was something different, someone, you know, a born winner um, who could come in and, and install all that winning mentality into the club. But for me, it's... It's gone really wrong with some of the um, the criticism of the players in the in the media, and the, the the Mings captaincy saga. I think earlier in the season I said this is going to be a pivotal moment for Giardis. You know, this is either going to make or break him, and I think that's been a big factor in the squad being, you know. Uh, disillusioned with him and we just don't look like a squad that's together. And then just going back to your point, fellas, on Bailey, it's really worrying to see some of the, the attitude of some of the players. When you go into Craven Cottage, you know Fulham are going to be up for it. And to see our players and just the way they went about, it was really, really disappointing. And it's not a good sign for us going forward. Um Yeah.
2: I just um, oh. sorry, Paul. Um, just so the last thing when you're asking there about Gerard getting the job as well, I think. But everything Rhino said was spot on there, and there was another important factor as well at the time, and it seemed to have got lost drastically as we went on. The one of the main reasons they looked at Gerard as well is because of his history in the development squad at Liverpool, yes. and Christian Borle made a huge point of saying this is we're trying to buy players young, develop our academy, and develop players. And Stephen has a great track record of developing players. So that was a huge factor for them to go for Gerard. It was a big what they were pushing on to the fans of why it happened. and like I said about this on the last podcast, we suddenly turned around and started signing players that were 29, 28, 30, which kind of went against the whole point of what Perzo said they were taking Gerard on for in the first place you know mm.
0: and it, and it looks and you look at the young players and, and the writing should have been on the wall when you're talking about and Perlo is as much to blame as anyone else because what you've just said, We then loaned out so many of our young players to other clubs and and they they seem to have been lost, most of them going to those other clubs as well. So I really don't see what the point was with our young guys. We're either either going to go young and develop those players and be one of those kind of young dynamic teams, which Arsenal has always done, in my mind. Brought the young guys through, copped a bit of it and, and moved on. But we just seem to have gone... Not sure if we believe in some of our young guys and shipped them off. I, I could be wrong there. But if they are the players we thought they were going to be, and we know we lost Chucker to Chelsea, that might have been
1: another sign of things being a little bit scary behind the scenes. I just want to add to that as well that he's actually frozen out some first-team players as well. You know, you look at Sanson, Nakamba, Gilbert. So, yep. not as well as loaning out all these young players, he's alienated some of the first-team squads. So, that's left us desperately thin now we've picked up a few injuries. Ashley Young's been shifted to left-back because we've lost both our left-backs. And then we lost cash for a bit, but we, we had Gilbert playing in the reserves with the kids because he's just been frozen out. And same yeah. with Santor and Nakamba. We're, we've needed to change things, but he's just working with the bare bones because, like you say, Paul, he's loaned all the youngsters out and then he's alienated some of the first team.
2: I think, um, I think he got phoned out a bit this year as well because... Like a lot of the Rangers fans, like warned Villa fans online that they were more disappointed about losing Michael Beale than they were losing yeah. Gerrard. That he was the brain power behind the success up there, and we didn't really take that on board because they were coming as a unit. Now the thing, when you look back, if you see the the statement that Emi Martinez made in his interview a few months back about uh, Michael Beale, it's like having two managers. He takes the sessions, he does the grass work, and a lot of people say it to me when I say this. They were saying, "Yeah, but we weren't great under Beale anyway." But there is a slight difference. Like Beal never had a preseason with the players, so that's not to say we wouldn't have improved this year if Beal had stayed there through preseason. You know, he, like he, he is a very good coach. He's very sought after coach, and um, I think if Gerard has got found out this year without him, like no tactical plan whatsoever. You know, I'm not saying Michael Beal was the answer, and I certainly don't think we should be hiring him. But we'll get onto that later. But I do think that losing him was very significant, and Gerard would obviously never be able to admit that. But it is, I think it's very evident there, you know. We, like, at least last year, we looked like we had some bit of a plan in certain games. This year, we didn't look like we had any plan at all, you know. I I think that's a really good point, Spad. And even the start of this
1: season, when we lost Beale. Um, just a few things that just didn't go for us. Neil Critchley came in, but couldn't come on the preseason tour to Australia because I think he was unvaccinated, so mm-hmm. missed out on a large chunk of our preseason. Then the injuries to um, Carlos and Kamara, you know, the two big signings of the summer. So, in fairness, there's been a few things that have gone against us, but yeah, it's yeah, it's just disappointing.
0: Okay, so let's go uh, to another mode here. Um, Potch has said no to us. We, we, you know, many of us were um, big advocates there. Names like Sean Dyche, and I don't mean to be rude. Um, geez, that that gives me, you know, I, my stomach's hurting a bit, and I've got a bad head already, and um, I don't want Sean Dyche at the club. No offense to him, but we are going to really struggle right now to attract a big name manager. I believe in the short term.
2: Yeah, I suppose I suppose you're right. Now, um, there was I was reading an article this morning there about like, from a writer that I kind of respect a bit. Like you can never trust any journalist 100. percent Let's be honest, you know, with the sports because there's going to be you're going to read a lot of stories at the moment. No, this is big news, you know. Gerard's a big, big profile manager, you know. There's going to be a lot of stories floating around about him more so than if we'd lost when we lost Dean Smith a lot more, you know. But one of the articles I read today was that it was from a different viewpoint, and they were saying that. Pochettino's representatives may have Put this out because it couldn't come from Directly from him to try and take a bit Of the heat away from, from him Get his name out of the papers whilst he goes through Discussions because he's every Everybody's basically had him Ramped up for the Villa job last week So they were saying like without him even getting in the Discussion that it could be his representatives Feeling out these stories that no he's Not interested just to try and Take a bit of the pressure away from the situation, you know. Whilst he whilst he goes through his discussions and stuff, you know. I'm not saying that's what it is, but I thought it was an interesting point. You yeah, oh, I, I like
1: yeah. it. I like it. Yeah, there's not a lot of managers out there available at the moment, I guess. You know, who I think would actually take the village. Obviously, you know, Poch is one. Um, Thomas Tuchel from t- Chelsea's out of work, but these guys, I think, are going to be looking at. Clubs in Champions League positions, or you know, clubs higher up the table than us in in different leagues. So, it's there's not many options out there that I can see at the moment. Um, Sean Dyche scares me as well, Paul. I've uh, when I read those links and I've seen his odds plummeting from yesterday to today, it's it's frightened the life out of me to be honest. But one person I think that Spider's spoken about in the past couple of weeks so I'm coming round to, Spud, is, uh, is Rogers at Leicester. He's
2: been my first choice for a long time. Yeah,
1: huh? he yeah, has, he was, mate. I, you picked and, him out early. And if you listen back, I think,
0: I think um, we, a couple of us might have also said that I think he would be amazing for us. And yeah, um, his name is not being mentioned at all at the moment, really. Um, Amaron was uh, from Sporting was put forward. Um, but I think Rogers And Spud, you said this a while back. Some and you've said it today as well. Someone who has the Premier League experience can come straight in. They're already in the country. Um I just think I think we should go all guns blazing. I think he did a great job before he came to Leicester. I think he was underrated at Liverpool. And I think he would be absolutely the perfect fit for Villa.
2: Yeah, and I think it's a project that would interest Rogers because he knows he'll get backed. And that's that's where he that's where he's hit his block at Leicester. I mean, he's won the FA Cup at Leicester. He's He's got into twice the last week of the season and missed out on fourth spot on the last day. Two years in a run, he with it, with it, with it, with a decent squad. He has a record of improving players. I think he's ideal. Just because, just because he's struggling a bit at Leicester at the moment, like that doesn't make make him a bad coach. Like it's, it's he's ran his race there. They're selling all his best players every year, and that we know as Villa fans better than anyone. When you do that, it catches up with you eventually. That is not sustainable to improve the team you know and right. I think they wanted him out the fans for a while apparently and I don't know what truth is in this they're saying that it's the, the the owners didn't want to invest the money in paying his severance pay to get him out so they've held tough he's starting to turn things around now we may have slightly missed the boat but uh, if we were to go and offer Leicester compo, a decent compo take him get it done let's move on you know that's 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 my feeling on it. Um, I have my own thoughts on Sean Dyche. I actually believe that's what's going to happen there. And and this is there's no substance interim. You reckon he'll be interim? This is just my no. This is just my own hunch. Wolves went for their first two targets, which were Yoelihan Lupatelli in Spain. He turned them down, and Michael Beale was their backup plan. And then he turned them down. And now they've come out and said that Steve Davis, their interim manager, is going to hold four till the World Cup. But I think what's going to happen is they're going to lose a couple of games over the next couple of weeks. And their look for managers is going to change. They're going to go, oh, we're in trouble here. We need a firefighting manager. If I was to put money on that, I would not doubt you'll end up with Wolves. Mm.
1: Yeah, I think you guys have both hit the nail on the head for me. The Prem experience with Rodgers is sort of what what I'm leaning towards there and we've seen some of these names like Gallardo from uh, River Plate and the guy from Sporting I forget his name but I just see uh, as on that team I just see that as those two as obviously got a lot of potential and doing great jobs where they are but I just see them as as risky at the moment in our position and with the way our squad is at the moment I'd prefer someone with that know-how, knows the league like you say. Paul is, is you know, lives in the in in England and um, can hit the ground running basically. I think that's we're going to need that given the fixtures we've got coming up. You know, we've played everyone in the bottom half practically. We've got all the top half coming. So yeah, that's why I've sort of um, leaned towards Rogers if Potch is, as he says, not
2: interested. Yeah. See the problem is like well, what, what, what I was saying is that as well a couple of weeks ago was that it's a great time for a new manager to come in once he's in the door because you've got a couple of games to see what you've got, then you've got the World Cup break for a basic and a lot of our players won't be going anymore. So you've basically got a mini pre-season, you come out of that pre-season and it's the January transfer window. But the flip side to that, it's also so it's a good time to get a manager in, but it's a bad time to be looking for a manager because you're like Sapachatino or Tuchel, they're gonna know that once the World Cup break comes it's a time that man, clubs can get rid of their managers. It's the perfect time. So they're going to be thinking, what Champions League clubs are going to be available in November when the, once the World Cup starts? Can, okay. Okay. Can, I do, can I do better than Villa? You know That's the yep. problem. Tell me right now,
0: and, and, and it's completely fancy. This is a fancy full, um, one for you. If you could choose a manager... For Villa, if you could choose a manager of a Villa and forget about the parameters of money and all that kind of stuff, who would you get? I'm going to start here. I know there's no experience for this person, but I just know how they play and I know that we would be expansive. I would absolutely love to see Ange Postacoglu get a chance at a club like Villa.
1: I've seen him mentioned a few places online, Paul, and obviously he's doing a great job at Celtic and sort of keep an eye on them and, and the football he, he gets them playing. Again, with a squad not full of superstars and not a lot of money to spend up there. So he's, he's done a great job. So, But again, I don't know whether our board will see it as, you know... Oh, no, no. I'm talking completely fancy, ball. Ah, it's not yeah, going yeah. to
0: happen. Um, he will coach in the Premier League one day. I've got no yep. doubt about that. So it's, yeah, your, it's, fair your, enough. Fa- it's your fanciful kind of um,
1: decision. Okay. So while we've got you, Rhino, who, who would be your... It's Pochettino oh. for me. I've sort of picked him um, from a few weeks back that I'd like to see him there. Did a really good job at Southampton and Spurs. Got Spurs to a Champions League final and a second-place finish. Um, really developed some of the players at Spurs. You know, Kane, Harley, Son, got those players... To world-class levels Ali's obviously Dropped off a bit But um, Yeah Pochettino for me Yeah What about you Oh,
2: well, Brendan Rodgers I've been a fan for years Yeah um, The job he done at Celtic Was just absolutely amazing He picked that Celtic team Up off the floor They were pretty bad After the striking era He won nine trophies Out of ten I know it's only Scotland But when you Caveat that to Gerrard Only winning one Out of available ten He went to one Nine out of available ten Between league and cups He oh. was just Absolutely outstanding Took Leicester to an FA Cup Took him on the brink of champ, uh, Champions League. He's taken Swansea. He's, he's he's covered all angles. He's taken Swansea promotion, got them to eleventh on a true string budget. He's taken Liverpool to the brink of winning the title. He has a history of improving players. I think he's exactly what we need. And he has a. I think set. you're being far too sensible, Spud. Far too sensible. But but it, yeah. even as a fancier, because I don't think it's going to happen. If if someone gave me money and said, yeah. "Here, yeah. Boy, whatever manager you want," that's where my money would go. That's a very fair call.
0: Mm. Um, guys, there is a really good um, tune coming out from Nathan Doerr as well um, over the uh, past 24 hours. So we'll put that up, that up on the podcast. Um, do you guys follow Nathan Doerr on Twitter or Facebook or anything like that? No, I don't. Well, I don't do honestly, it's a, it's a little bit of a banging tune. Um, So I'll put that up on the podcast. If you get a chance, follow Nathan on Twitter. Um, Very, very good musician. And uh, it's a song, We Are Villa or We Are Aston Villa. So we'll put it on the pod. Definitely recommend you guys give him a follow. Nathan Daw, D-A-W-E. And I think you're going to really like the tune as well. So it's a bit of a positive positive thing there. Now, guys, we've talked about why Gerard kind of didn't work and, and why it had to happen. I don't think we went over the top with that. We've had a little bit of a look at you know potentially what could happen, but I see another thing here. This is a really good chance now for the players to show what they can do, and and what better time now than to come up against Brentford tomorrow night um, at Villa Park? I think it's almost kind of like a dream scenario that we've got a club that it, it, it's not. I mean, I would not want to be facing City or Chelsea or Man U or anyone like that. Uh, Liverpool. Tomorrow night, so I think this is a great chance to get some excitement back at the club really quickly.
1: It'll be interesting to see how the players bounce back after Fulham and and now with Gerard gone to see, yeah, the the attitudes that they they take onto the field tomorrow. Um, so I'm looking forward to it actually. Like you say, Paul, a game against Brentford at home. Normally we you know would be looking for three points in this one, so well we should still be looking for three points, but. Yeah, let's let's see let's see how the players come out for this one. I I think they'll come out all
0: guns blazing. I I really do. I think there's no choice, and they're gonna be quite embarrassed if they don't.
2: Yeah, that's um it'll be interesting to see what happens because the atmosphere will be good now. I think that, that that'll be a lot of the pressure taken off the players now. Um that like because sure they were just playing in booze for the last couple of weeks. It can't be a nice environment to play in. It's just no matter what they think of the manager themselves. Whether they love him, hate him, that's a horrible environment to play in. That's not a nice environment to be going to work for anybody. So I think the atmosphere alone tomorrow will give them a boost. And like I you'd you would you would happily if they if they can walk away with a point tomorrow, it's it's a good stop start, I think. Just just to stop the rut of losses, show something positive. What I'd be interested to see is Aaron Danks has been um Gerard's Gerard's uh, the first team coach, you know, it'd be interesting to see because I don't expect him to change too much, you know. But if he does, it'll be interesting to see. Did his did his coach disagree with the team he was putting out? You know? I
0: um, I think you'll um I think you'll give him the freedom to say, guys, go out there and actually show the supporters and show yourselves what you can actually do. I, I see a little bit of a um, uh, oh, you know, a bit of a speech like from any given Sunday, or you know. <laughs> a, 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 Something like that, Coach Carter or something. I, I can just see them. Yeah, he'll, he'll probably bring. put it on
2: them in the dressing room pile, as you say, with a speech. You know, I, I think he'll probably just say to them, "There's forty thousand people out there, lads. You've let them down badly from the last few weeks. Go show them what they mean to you." Know. Yeah, you know, I'll probably- be interested to
1: see the the team selection, as you touched on this, but see if um if Danks has got different ideas or uh, seen something different in training and. Maybe wasn't allowed the freedom to implement there under Gerard. So yeah, it'll be it's a, it's a good opportunity to have a look tomorrow.
2: I just um, um, something,
0: some, sorry, I, yeah. I was about to Yeah. So look, um, and, and happy Spud come straight back to you. But I'm right. genuinely, for the first time in a couple of months or you know six weeks, I'm genuinely looking forward to the game and going. This is going to be fantastic. I cannot wait. Yes. Mm.
2: Yeah. yeah. Yeah, it's it's uh, as you said. It's been a while since you can actually look forward to the game and just think, yeah, this, you know, you because you don't you don't know what you're going to get again. So it's so it's good that way. I knew exactly what I was going to get the last few weeks, you know. That exactly
0: right. So Gerard's gone. We're playing Brentford. We really don't know who's coming in as manager. I was a little bit doom and gloom this morning, a little bit different to you guys. So I was actually a little bit down, thinking, oh my god, who's going to come to us? And it makes me realise don't look at social media so much because if yeah. you're going to do
2: that, you, yeah. you fall into an absolute... It's t- an absolute cesspit. T- t- <laughs> like I only joined Twitter to help the pod. I like always had Twitter, but I never used it, but I just went to help the pod grow and stuff. I thought there was idiots on Facebook. Man, there's some clones on that Twitter. I've never... Yeah,
0: I am one I, of them bounds and, and proud to be one
2: um, no 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 at least you have a bit of banter some of them man that was absolutely <laughs> horrendous like i mean some yeah. of the things i was saying like oh just yeah. I think you have to
0: realize um and you, you know you don't have to but i think if you can separate the fact that i say it's my kids you don't know these people and the people who you do know care about your opinion and you don't need to post them on social and those that don't count um and are having a go at you you, you, you don't know them. Just because you know them on social media, doesn't mean you know them.
2: Yeah. yeah. People get into so much hatred and stuff. It's unbelievable. Actually, can I say something before I forget? Because just on that point there, lad, sorry. It's something yep. that I wanted to say at the start of the pod. And I thought I think it was very important. I just wanted to go back there to um, Paddy Kelly um, from the Love of Paul McGrath podcast. You know, he's, as you know, he's a man I have a lot of respect for. I just yep. wanted to say something there before the Chelsea game. Paddy's has been a season ticket holder his whole whole for a lot of his adult life, and he he has a ticket for his son, a season ticket junior for his son. Um, a lot of times when he can't make the games, the um his friends will take the tickets or whatnot. But the, the ticket was available last week for him and his son. So without any promotion or anything, just genuinely doing it for as a nice guy, he done a thing on his podcast for the Love of Paul McGrath podcast where he got people to write to to write in. A reason to get the tickets, and he was going to send them to the game, him and his son. He wanted to get a son, a father and daughter, or a father and son who typically don't get to go to the games much, the chance Robin. to go together. Robin. And and he's um, he picked the father and daughter. And um, I just wanted to say, and I said this to Paddy, I know Paddy listens to the podcast as well, or to our own podcast. I just wanted to say it really made me remember, reminded me of something. And it's just, it's very important that we forgot. That's what football is all about. You know that's what football is really about. You know the father and going to the football with your father for the first time, or going. You know, we're like not all this other angry stuff that we all get wrapped up in. You know, and I think I think we do get we all forget that at times. You know, in Twitter or you know with losses and stuff, and it is important. Football is fun for, to start with. You know, and it is important, and it is about memories and stuff. And I just wanted to make that point because I thought it was very good out of Patty to to do yeah. that. We're absolutely, absolutely selfless. Just didn't want to do it for any other reason in the hope that maybe a young kid will start following Villa from their first trip you
1: know. Classy gesture isn't it and you know those are the things that you know when you first go to Villa Park and you walk up the steps and you see you know the ground and the fans there and just the atmosphere those are the things that bloody you know make you a lifelong Villa supporter. That's a really classy gesture from Paddy it's awesome. It's exactly what Um, a very famous
0: Newcastle manager and might've managed in other parts of Europe. He's got that famous quote about, you know, that that first time you walk up the terrace and everything. And it it, it just, it's one of the great, greatest ever, you know, sporting quotes for me. Sport just grabs you. It's the smells, it's the memory, it's the tastes, it's all of that. And, Right now, all the taste would have been tasting very bitter. Um, our season's not going to be the season we thought it was going to be. But I suppose the thing I'm happy about is we're not drifting into um, where it was going to continue on with Gerard, um indefinitely. And we sink into that relegation battle. And everyone at the end of the season, like, what happened? What, what actually happened?
2: How did this occur? Yeah. Yeah, I remember, like... um uh, during 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 COVID lockdown, and Jurgen Klopp made that when, when the football was canceling everything, and Jurgen Klopp made that famous quote, and it just resonated with me, where he said that football is the most important thing of the least important things. Mm, yeah. Spot on,
0: yeah, guys. We um, I think. You know, we, we love our club, like everyone loves their club and we do this podcast for that reason and and you're right, but it has been really, you know, unfortunately, we, we haven't wanted it to be, but it had been negative uh, over the past few weeks and the supporters um, that spend a lot of money and a lot of time travelling away and everything were feeling very, you know, similar to us. Yeah. But the positivity now, regardless if we get a manager or not, the positivity now is this is on the players. Let's see... What this squad has. I, I'm really excited for them to have this opportunity. And, and let's
1: just hope it starts tomorrow night. And, spot, I don't want one point. No. I, want three. I, I think you're spot on, Paul. I think, you know, we draw a line under the Gerard era now. Wish him well. That's done. Let's move on. And let's focus on what we've got left in the season. And let's start winning games and getting points on the board and, and moving up that table.
0: Yeah, and look, we'd normally do a good preview of the Brentford game, but I think we really have no idea what's going to happen now. Um, Look, would I be surprised if Mings is captain again next year? No, I wouldn't be surprised if Mings is captain because he encapsulates everything that a captain is.
2: I'd welcome Um, it. Sorry, sorry? I I would welcome it, to be honest. Yeah. Yeah.
1: I've got a couple of points here of like, you know, new manager comes in, sort of two things, a bit of a hit list for the new manager. And one I had down was the captaincy. And I've got, you know, we, we've we talked about John McGinn a lot this season, so I don't want to harp on about it. But for me, one of the big things for a new manager is that captaincy. And for me, yeah, I'd probably move it to Emmy Martinez or Mings. And then the other one for me is squad harmony. That's another big thing. Get some of these players back in the mix, like Sanson, Nakamba, even Gilbert. If we need him, you know, we've got a squad of players for a reason. Let's start using them.
0: We were really excited about Sanson um, and, and, and a couple of the things. And this would be, for a lot of those kind of players, that's the thing that also needs to remember. This is now like, hey... Maybe maybe I'll get a chance again. So, I think the harmony at the squad will improve.
1: Yep.
2: Yeah, it's, um, it's like uh, you, you were saying other. just going back to the game there, uh, Rhino right and stuff. Remember, I just wanted to ask your point on a few things again as well. You were saying you were a bit worried about the squad going forward, and I just wanted to kind of discuss that for a minute and stuff.
1: Yeah, I, I just think that performance against Fulham was just, like we talked about, the attitude of some of the players and... You know, Leon Bailey, for one, for me, has been very disappointing this season. We've seen flashes of, you know, of what he can do, but not enough consistently to, you know, to really make a lasting impression. And and I just think we just we're not scoring goals, yeah. and that's a big worry for us. And the defense has shored up a little bit, but I just see some worrying signs that there's not much fight in this team at the moment and that has to improve if we're going to climb up the table. You know you know what you're going to get when you go to the likes of Fulham or your Brentfords or teams that are in and around you. Effort is the bare minimum and we just didn't bring that against Fulham. So that's, that probably was the worst performance I've seen from Villa in a long time. Just the lack of effort was just scary for me and if that doesn't improve we are going to be in a dogfight and I just don't know if some of those players given the squad harmony and the way they've been treated, are going to have the the hunger to really fight for it. So, yeah. I think they do
0: because what happens if you don't fight for it now? um, Who do you blame? Like, you can blame the manager for what's happened this season, right? But now, this is what I was saying. This is now completely um, on the players. And so, they have no one else to blame. And their career, if they don't move on from here,
2: it's their careers on the line. Yeah, this this is this is where we talked about how important that the next coach is because, as like no no one's going no one's ever going to convince me that this Villa team isn't better than that player for player better than that Fulham team, and and Marco Silva is getting a tune out of them, and like I look at Tim Ream playing centre half for Fulham, in my opinion he is not a better defender than Tyrone Mings or Ezri Kanza. I look at Bobby Reed on the wing. To me, he is not a better winger than Leon Bailey. And I certainly don't think Harrison Reed is a better attacking midfielder than Coutinho or Buendia. The big difference is they're walking onto that pitch, believing in what their manager is asking them to do. They're cohesive and they're doing it to the best of their abilities. And I don't see that with our team. And I don't and 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 that's where a good coach is going to be vital because I'll give you another example. Willie N the other night, he was absolutely Ostracised at Arsenal He became a laughing stock And he went off to Brazil Couldn't even get a game He's an older player He's come back He tore us asunder the other night I know he tore us A, a bad Villa team asunder So Surely we can get a coach That can come in And we're never going to get Catinho Back to his what he was But surely there's a coach out there That can get 20 or 30% more out of Coutinho Surely There has to be It's a
1: massive decision The next um, appointment Of the Villa manager Isn't it? That's, it's Pivotal, really, for for us. So, got to get it right and got to hit the ground running as well. Yeah, absolutely. Guys, we might call it
0: a show right there. Um, We will do a preview, not a preview, a review of the game against Brentford next week. Hopefully, all of us on the pod. Hopefully, all of us with a bit of levity in our voices. Um, We are Villa. We are... um, Excited to always be together talking about the club. We've got different points of view. You can follow us through the Love Sport podcast. You can get us at Aussie Villains on Twitter. You can get Spud at... At Spud4685. And Rhino at... At Rhino underscore Watkins. And you can get me at Paul underscore football and Tess at Cuban Night. And one day we will ask him all about that. Um, we will also post up the Nathan door song. I think you guys will find it uh, hopefully a bit of a banger. And um, let's uh, let's get three points tomorrow night. Absolutely, as always, up the Villa. Thanks for joining us for Up the Villa, the Aussie Villains podcast. It was Paul, Ryan and Spud today looking at the uh, post Gerard uh, dismissal and also looking forward to playing Brentford, having a bit more positivity through the club. We love this club. We all do. And i tell you what, the club's going to love us back. Let's get three points tonight. This is Up the Villa, the Aussie Villains podcast. You can get us on Twitter. You can get us on Facebook at me at Paul underscore football and get us at Aussie Villains as well. We'll be back next week, hopefully with three points.